Uh, now we're, we have Brother Ed's going to come preach for us. Um, I've been serving it with, and working with kids for almost eight years, and that is a drop in the bucket as to how long this man has been faithful uh, to the next generation. So, Brother Ed, you come and preach to us. Well, good evening. Don't you love Sunday night? I grew up in church. I probably missed church services maybe eight times in my entire life. I mean, when I was a little baby, I was in the nursery. Nope, my parents didn't believe in nurseries. I was in service, okay? And for some reason, I can't tell you why, but Sunday night is my favorite time of the, of the services. I love Sunday school. I love morning service. I love Wednesday night. There's just something about, about Sunday night that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. I had a friend one time tell me something in, a, in an email. I think it's kind of clever. It's called anagrams. An anagram is when you take a word or a phrase and you rearrange the letters in that word or phrase and form a new word or a new phrase. So instead you take the word dormitory, rearrange the letters in the word dormitory, you come up with dirty room. <laughs> the Morse code. Rearrange the letters, you come up with here come dots. Listen becomes silent. Evangelist, I'm not sure if I'd like this one or not. Evil's agent. Okay, how about this one here? Um, slot machines. Cash loss to me. Oh, yeah, okay. How about this one here? A decimal point. I'm a dot in place. Now, here's one that to me is amazing. What is the sum? 11 plus 2, what would be the sum? 13. Rearrange letters, you come up with 12 plus 1, and the sum is still 13. Now, here's everyone's favorite. Mother-in-law. <laughs> now, please don't quote me. Don't quote me, okay? You can do it. Presbyterian becomes best in prayer, and I don't agree with that one. Amen? Okay. Uh, the eyes, they see. You'll love this one. George Bush. He bugs gore. <laughs> and we have election results. This is amazing. Election results becomes lies. Let's recount. And of course, as you saw, we can do it with people's names. Tom McCuse becomes So I'm Cuter. Clint Eastwood, you like this one. Old West action. And how about this one? Osama bin Laden, old man in a base. Then Elvis Aaron Presley, and that one becomes, see live? Sorry, pal. <laughs> Sing with me if you would. I love this song. I love the message in the song. No, we've got a couple more. Okay. Honestly becomes on the sly. Earliest becomes late riser. And there's a song. Let's sing together if you would. We'll go to our message together. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving to please Him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for... Watch these words. Oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thee. For Thou in Thy atonement didst give Thyself for me. I own no other master. My heart shall be Thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live. Oh, Christ, for Thee alone. Let's bow in prayer as we start our message tonight, if you would. Father, again, I thank You for the blessed privilege that is mine to stand and to share Your Word. 
Again, Lord God, I would ask that you'd fill me with your power, with your spirit. Speak to our hearts for this message. Strengthen our faith. Help us, Lord God, to be the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The question of tonight's message, and here's the question. We'll skip a couple of verses here. The question says, say it with me, how did it all begin? What is our question? How did it all begin? Where did this world come from? How did the universe get here? Where did life begin? Well, they get the answer. Genesis chapter 1, the very first verse in your Bible. Read the verse with me, if you would please. Together. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1.1. The Bible tells us that God made this earth in six literal 24-hour days. On day number one, he made day, he made darkness, he made darkness. Day number two, made the atmosphere, made the oceans. My sons and I are scuba divers. We love the oceans, and all the oceans created in one single day. Day number two. Day number three, the dry land appeared, and the plant life. Day number four, the sun, the moon, and quintins and quintins of stars in one single day. We serve a great creator. Day number five, the birds and the fish. California condors with 12-foot wingspans, hummingbirds, weigh less than one-tenth of an ounce apiece. Whale sharks longer than school buses, jellyfish half an inch across. All the birds, the fish in one single day, day number five. Day number six, he made the dry land animals. Every creature lives upon the dry ground, created that one single day. The dog, the cat, the wombat, the dinosaur, the, the giraffe, created in one single day, day number six. Creation was finished. And our Creator looked at everything He made. The Bible says, Behold, it was very good. But wait a minute, He saved the best for last. What was the final thing our Creator created on day number six? He made man. He made a man, and his name was Adam. Made a woman, and her name was Eve. And how do we know this is true? We find it in the Bible, God's Word. God's Word tells us how we got here today. Amen? Several years ago, I went to the public library downtown, and I checked out a book. It's called From the Beginning, The Story of Human Evolution. Written by a man named Mr. David Peters. Now, Mr. Peters is not a saved man. He does not know the Lord. He does not even have the beginning of wisdom because he has no fear of the Lord. And it tells us a whole different story. You know how it tells us this universe got here? Now stretch your faith a little bit. It's going to take a little bit of faith to believe this one, okay? He tells us this universe started as a result of an explosion. Now, by the way, do you know what exploded? You say it must have been something huge because this is a big universe. Now, he tells us, I can't, I can't find the right page, but I mean, he tells us that what exploded that day was a tiny dot smaller than a period on the page. A dot exploded and created this. If you believe that, say amen. That's what I thought. Now, let's take the two books. And let me just start by saying this. If this book is right, this book is wrong. If this book is right, then this book is wrong. They tell two different stories. Now, they could both be wrong, or one can be wrong, one can be right, but they cannot both be right if they tell different stories. What we're going to do is compare the two books. Let's put them right here side by side, and just take a few minutes to look at these two books, and then just try to see where, where these people are coming from, okay? Now, read a quote with me. This is taken directly from his book. Read it with me if you would. Together, humans and animals were not created individually, but share a common ancestry. By the way, he tells us where life began. He tells us there was a pond, some sludgy pond, and it had amino acids and various chemicals in. And one day, lightning struck the pond and started life. Wow. Do you believe that one? Does lightning start life? Not usually. Typically, lightning will stop. It'll bring a life to an end, okay? 
But that's what he tells us how life began. Lightning struck a pond, and life began that way. And he tells us it was a simple one-celled organism. In time, it changed, became more complex and more complex. Fish evolved into amphibians, amphibians into reptiles, reptiles into birds, birds into mammals, mammals into higher mammals called primates. And finally, primates became modern man, and that's known as the theory of evolution. Now, you have a choice. Which will I believe? Well, I believe that this world started as a result of an accident and it fixed itself, or I believe that an almighty God planned it and made it. Amen. Now, sadly, most of our school systems, our universities, the National Park Service, the, the, the Discovery Channel, teach evolution. They tell us it's based on science. We should reject creation because evolution is based on science. Is that true? Not at all. I believe that a thinking person should embrace creation and reject evolution because creation is supported by science. And I should in the next few minutes while we say that. Here's a very famous doctor. He's known around the world. He's written dozens of books. His name is Mr. Mayer, Dr. Mayer. And notice what he says. He says, today there's no such thing as the theory of evolution. Today it is the fact of evolution. Did you see what he just told us? He just told us that science has proven evolution. Is that true? Not at all. Now, this is a very intelligent man. He knows enough to know that he is lying. Science has not proven evolution and never will. But we'll start with a couple of questions. Here's the first question. How old is the earth? Say it with me. How old is the earth? Now, as you look through your Bible, you can't find a verse that says planet earth is so many thousands of years old. It's not there. But as you read your Bible, it tells us that God made the crea created, and on day six, he made Adam, he made Eve. So when, Adam was, when, the, when the creation was six days old, here came Adam. It tells us how long Adam lived, and the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. And if you add it all together, and our Bible is accurate, planet Earth in which we live is only about 6,000 years old. How old? Now, Mr. Peters tells us that planet Earth, get ready for a big one here. He tells us that planet Earth is 4,500,000,000 years old. And by the way, let me stop and just ask you this question. Where did that number right there come from? Do you know? It's called imagination. Somebody made that number up, and thousands, in fact, millions of people have embraced that. That's not science at all. But planet Earth is not four and a half billion years old, and I'll try to show you that in just the next few, next few days, we, uh, next few minutes. Here we have what we call radiometric dating, and they used it in Hawaii, told us that planet Earth is some billions, almost three billion years old. Almost three billion, according to their dating method. The problem is we saw those lava form being formed a little over 200 years ago. They missed it by millions of years, billions of years. Living mollusks have been dated as much as 300 years old. They're alive at the time. They missed it completely. They did a great barrier, a reef study, a growth study in the Great Barrier Reef. As you know, a reef is an underwater mountain built of living creatures called corals. There's a scuba diver, my son Steve. We're diving the Cayman Islands. It's just a beautiful place. Sea fans, a beautiful place to dive. Now, the largest dive in the, world, dive in the world is the Great Barrier Reef. It's off the northeast coast of Australia. Scientists did a growth study for 20 years to try to determine the age of the Barrier Reef. When they finished, they were amazed. They said, this, how, how can this be? According to their study, the reef is only 4,200 years old. One at four and a half billion. I think I know. Planet Earth is only about 6,000 years old. And a, a couple of thousand years later, there was a worldwide flood. And that's when the Great Barrier started. There's no erosion between the layers of rock. The evolutionists tell us layers of rock were laid down over millions and millions and millions and millions of years. But that's not true. If that were true, then there'd be a huge erosion between the layers. There's no erosion at all. 
What does it tell us? Planet Earth is not four and a half billion years old. Planet Earth is just a few thousand years old. That's why there's no erosion between the layers. The layers were laid down rapidly. The Earth is not four and a half billion years old. The dust and the moon. When I was in Christian school in fifth grade, my science textbook told us that the planet Earth is four and a half years old, four and a half billion years old, but also the moon is four and a half billion years old, and because it has no atmosphere, when we land on the moon, we might find a whole solid mile of dust. You remember when you told that? And what happened in 1969? The eagle has landed. We landed on the moon, we found out the dust on the moon was not nearly a mile thick. The dust on the moon was less than three quarters of an inch thick. Why? Because the moon is not four and a half billion years old, it's just a few thousand years old. The human population curve. Right now we are approaching, it's not on there, is it? Okay, here we go. Well, right now we're approaching eight billion people. If you trace it back, it looks like the human population started about 4,000 years ago. Why just 4,000 years? I think I know. A little over 4,000 years ago, there was a worldwide flood, and how many people walked off the ark alive? Eight people, and human population started again. Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is eroding. As you probably know, moving water can actually cut solid rock. Niagara Falls is eroding back about five feet every year, so about a mile every 1,000 years. Niagara Falls has eroded back seven miles, just seven. Why not all the way back to Lake Erie? Because planet Earth is just a few thousand years old. You may say, wait a minute, Mr. Ed, hold everything, hold everything. What about the coal? Didn't coal form millions and millions of years ago? In fact, here's a quote from my world book, Encyclopedia, the best of the best. I'll read it with me, if you would please, together. Coal developed from the remains of plants that died 400 million to 1 million years ago. Now, let me say this. If my encyclopedia is right, my Bible is wrong. If my Bible is right, my encyclopedia is wrong. Folks, which should I believe? Why? Well, my Bible is written by the Holy Spirit of God. But here's one other reason I believe that, that they're in error. Here is an iron pot that was found inside a solid seam of coal. They broke open the coal, and as they broke open the coal, the iron pot fell out. Now, a couple questions for you. First of all, what kind of a creature created that little iron pot? If you know, tell me. Okay, humans. Second question. Which was formed first, the iron pot or the coal? Obviously, the iron pot. That's so why I'm saying this. My encyclopedia is wrong. My Bible is right. My Bible is accurate. The iron pot was made before the coal was formed. You may say, wait a minute, Mr. Ed. Hold everything. I have some questions then. What about Grand Canyon? Did not the Colorado River cut the Grand Canyon over millions and millions of years? How many of you are told that? We've all been told that. Do you believe that? I don't. I'll tell you why. Several years ago, my brother Jeff and I hiked the Grand Canyon. Now, we're standing on the south rim, getting ready to go into the canyon. We're on a plateau, 7,000 foot altitude, okay? As we look down to the right, we can see the Colorado River flowing into the Grand Canyon, 4,000 feet below us. Now, stay with me here. If the Colorado River cut the Grand Canyon over millions of years, it had to flow uphill about 4,000 feet to do so. Does water flow uphill? Not in my world. The Colorado River did not cut the Grand Canyon. I believe the Grand Canyon was made in just a few weeks during the worldwide flood. You say, wait a minute, Minister Ed, what about the dinosaurs? Did not the dinosaurs die out 65 million years ago? I don't believe so. We had a, a find just about three years ago in Snake River, I'm sorry, in Hell Creek, Montana, a T-Rex. They told us that T-Rex was 68 million years old. 
But as they're studying it, it turned out there's a lot of soft tissue still intact inside that fossil, inside that dinosaur. Rather than back up, say, whoops, we made a mistake. They said, they said, well, maybe soft tissue lasts longer than we think it does. And they wouldn't back up. I'm saying this. Man and, mankind and dinosaurs lived at the same time. They're contemporary. They didn't die out 65 million years ago. You say, wait a minute, Mr. Ed, what about the caves? I went in a cave. They said, don't touch the stalactites. It takes 100 years to grow an inch. In one cave, they said 250 for one inch. one cave, they said 1,000 for, for one inch. So pick your own, your own number, okay? Now, you have a picture here of what's known as a... Let's take a median number. Let me back up. Let's take the median number. If it grows an inch every 250 years, how long would it take you to grow a foot? 12 inches. 3,000 years. Now, here's what's called a column where a stalactite grew down from the ceiling. A stalactite grew up from the floor and joined the middle. And that's a guy there in an orange jumpsuit you can see right there. That's more than 3,000 years of history. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history. They don't grow that slowly. In fact, there's a man in Alabama who has his own cave. And he put plexiglass guards in front of different stalactites and stalagmites so people couldn't mess them up. He found in his cave they grew about an inch and a half every year. Brother Mike, I was canoeing up in Michigan. I borrowed a canoe from in the church. I'm paddling down this river, paddling downstream, and I passed under a concrete bridge. As I passed on the concrete bridge, I looked up and said, oh my, and I started back paddling. There were stalactites that were growing from the bottom of that bridge. They were 10 and 12 and 14 inches long. Sitting in the canoe, back paddling, and did some quick math. I thought, this is incredible. This concrete bridge was built several hundred years before Columbus discovered America. No, folks, they don't grow that slowly. They were in error when they told us that. How old is planet Earth? I believe our Bible is two, approximately 6,000 years old. Read the verses with me, if you would please, together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. What is the name of your creator? His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ, God's son, is actually the creator of this world. He's the one who made this vast universe. He's the one we should worship. First question, how old is the earth? Here's the second question. Say it with me together. Where are the transitional forms? Say it with me. Where are the transitional forms? One more time. Humor me here. Where are the transitional forms? You want to practice that so you can say that to any practicing evolutionist. How many know what a transitional form is or should be? Okay. Let's just illustrate real quick. Let's say that evolution did take place, okay? And as creatures became more and more complex, evolution takes place. Let's say that fish did evolve into amphibians. If that happened, there would be some creatures in the fossil record that are half fish and half amphibian. There would be creatures alive today that are half fish and half amphibian. Let's say, for instance, let's say that, let's say that uh, reptiles evolved into birds. If that happened, there would be some creatures that are half reptile and half bird. What would that look like? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, how about if birds evolved into mammals? What would that look like? Maybe something like this. Well, that's called a bird dog. You've seen bird dogs before, surely. Let's say that mammals evolved into higher mammals called primates. The primates evolved into modern man, okay? If that happened, there would be transitional forms all through the fossil record. Now, we have found billions and billions and billions. I didn't say millions. We have found billions of fossils. Does anybody know? How many transitional forms have we found so far? There are none. What does that tell a thinking person? Evolution never took place. 
Here's a quote from a man who was an evolutionist. Read the quote with me aloud, if you would please, together. As by this theory, innumerable transitional forms must have existed. Why do we not find them embedded in the crust of the earth? Why is all nature not a confusion instead of being as we see them, well-defined species? Now stop right there. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I'm an evolutionist. I believe in evolution, but I have a problem. We don't have transitional forms. In fact, he wrote a whole book about it. In a later chapter, I should have copied that down, he told us in the next few years we're going to find a multitude of transitional forms and that will prove my theory. Well, he published his book back in 1859. You know the man named Charles Darwin. And how many transitional forms have we found since Darwin? There are none. Zero. Zilch. Was it tell a thinking person? Evolution never took place. Here's evolution if you have, if you have uh, paint or you have a drawing program. It's called a dat, half dog, half cat. How about this one here? A dark, half dog, half dark, it's called a dark. Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, how about this one here, a rhino-roo? Hey, put that guy in your backyard, you'll have some visits from the neighbors, believe me. Rhino-roo, if you can afford to feed him. Here's my personal favorite, T-Rex-a-pillar. Now these little guys are vicious. They hide in the garden, you're picking tomatoes for your mom, and here's a T-Rex pillar under the leaf, you reach for a tomato, they'll just take off a finger like that. Be careful when you're in the garden. T-Rex pillars are dangerous, okay? We also have the duck event. He costs a little bit to feed. And here's Stephen Gould, no around the world, and he's saying the same thing. We don't have transitional forms, but I still believe the theory, even though we have zero transitional forms. Dr. Mayer again. Today there's no such thing as the theory of evolution. It's the fact of evolution. No, it's not. Evolution never took place. There's no record of it in the final record. So what we're brought down to is this. Will I believe God or will I believe Darwin? It's your choice, isn't it? Transitional forms. You say, Mr. Ed, what do you do if they don't have transitional forms? What do they do? Well, they make them up. You ever heard of Arcturopteryx? I have a hard time saying it. We found seven of these creatures over in the land of Germany. They told us that this was a reptile evolving into a bird. As we studied, though, we found it was simply an extinct bird that had teeth. And by the way, do you know how Mr. Our, our book here, Mr. Peters, tells us that the reptiles evolved into birds? you know where feathers came from? Now stay with us here. Don't, don't laugh until you hear the whole thing. He said one day a reptile was running through the woods, wasn't paying attention, and ran right into a thorn bush. In fact, he hit that thorn bush so hard, he actually shredded the flesh on his forelimbs, and as it healed, those became feathers. Folks, get a microscope and study a feather. There's more engineering in a feather than there is in a bridge. They didn't happen by accident. God created feathers. Amen. You ever hear of the coelacanth? A large fish, nearly five feet long, weighed almost 100 pounds, and it died out 38 million years ago. But guess what happened in 1938? In 1938, we found out the coelacanth was still very much alive. You can see in this picture right here that the front fin is on a little lobe, almost like a little leg. And the evolutionists told us this was a fish that didn't swim. It actually walked on the bottom, and it died out tens of millions of years ago. And then in 1938, we found the fish still alive the way God made it. Remember Snake River, Nebraska, Harold Cook? He told us he found a creature that was 500,000 years old. He told us how tall this guy was, how strong he is, what kind of tools he used. And most people assume that he found a whole skeleton. But as it turned out, it was all based on the tooth of a pig. Mr. Cook, where'd you get your information? He made it up. Folks, that is not science. That's called science fiction. The whole thing was made up. Do you remember Piltdown Man? Piltdown England? 
And evolutionists over there wanted to prove evolution, so they took this, the cranium, the, the skull of a human being, and the jawbone of a primate, and he filed them down where they fit together, and then put a chemical on called potassium chromate, which makes things look really, really old. He buried them in a gravel pit, built down, and left them there for several months. Then one day at the university, he called some of his students and said, hey guys, let's go on a, let's go on a fossil hunt. And they started digging, and guess what they found? Piltdown man. And please hear me, for 45 years, Piltdown man was used as proof of evolution. Folks, there were believers, people who knew the Lord, said, I really want to believe my Bible. I want to believe my Bible is true and accurate, but my Bible has been disproved. No, the whole thing was a fraud. The whole thing was a fake. Your Bible is accurate. Your Bible is true. Your Bible can be trusted. Neanderthal man, the same thing. You say, wait a minute, Mr. Ed, what about Australopithecus Africanus? What about Lucy? In 1974, Donald Johansson went to Hadar Valley, Ethiopia. He found a little primate almost three feet tall. He named her Lucy. He told us that Lucy was three million years old. And people believed it. He went back to Hadar Valley, Ethiopia the next year, and about a mile and a quarter from where he found Lucy, he found another dig that was, that was similar, another creature similar. He put the bones together. Now, one find is here in Hadar Valley, Ethiopia. The other find is a mile and a quarter away. Can you legitimately put those things together, tell me the two creatures belong together? Not at all. And then in his book, he has pictures that are revealing. Let me go to the pictures here. That's not Bryce, by the way, that's, that's Lucy. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Here is a modern knee joint, the top bone, I believe it's called the femur. Here is a modern primate, and there's the femur there. Here's Lucy, I'm sorry, uh, here's the modern primate, here's Lucy here. Now look at the femur on the, on the primate. Is it angled or straight? Okay, straight. Now here's the femur on the human being, angled or straight? Angled, so the primate is straight, uh, the human being is angled, and then here's Lucy in the middle, look at her knee joint, her femur, angled or straight? Angled. So Donald Johansson said the human being, the femur is straight, on the primate the femur is angled, I'm sorry, straight, Angled, and then Lucy's is angled, therefore Lucy was evolving. He found the two creatures a mile and a quarter away. There's one more picture he should have put in his book and he forgot to. Many of the modern primates that are alive today have angled femurs, just like Lucy, if you want the rest of the story. I want you to remember two things from this message. By the way, I'm saying this, your Bible is true, your Bible is accurate, your Bible can be trusted. Number one, planet Earth is not four and a half million years old. There's no erosion between the layers. The layers were laid down rapidly. Earth is not four and a half million years old. Secondly, I want you to remember we have found billions and billions and billions of fossils, and we have not yet found one single transitional form in all those fossils. I'm saying this, your Bible is true. Your Bible is accurate. Your Bible can be trusted. Zero fossils. Why? Because evolution never took place. As we close, let me mention this in closing. If you're here this evening and you never received Jesus as your Savior, your Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, would also want to be your Savior. How do you receive Him by faith? Number one, just tell Him you're sorry for your sin. The Bible says repent, ask for forgiveness. Number two, believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, that He shed His blood in payment, that He rose again the third day. And if you believe that, say amen. amen. He did that for us. Three, number C, just receive Him as your Savior. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your Creator wants to be your Savior as well. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Yes, Brother Bryce, to come and close our service tonight. If you would, Brother Bryce, please.